This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar, also artistic administrator and principal second violin, Merwin Sue, And our guest panelist today is a Toledo favorite, conductor Giordano Bellancampi. He's coming to town to lead the TSO at the Peristyle. That's on September 29th and 30th. And on the program is Prokofiev's Third Piano Concerto and also Beethoven's Symphony No. 3, the Eroica or the Heroic Symphony, which gives rise to our subject today, which is hero music. Welcome to uh, Zach and Merwin, and also to an extra special guest who is uh, sitting over there at the microphone, and that is Robert Bob Clemens, henceforth known as Clem, cellist in the orchestra. You're the resident uh, thespian, and we're going to get to that a little bit later on. But first, I want to uh, ask everybody, let's chime in with a favorite piece of heroic music, preferably not, you know, superhero music, but music from, say, the concert repertoire. Zach, you want to go first? You just took away my my answer. I can't talk about the uh, the movies. Okay, well, you can talk about the movies. Honestly, I think about the Indiana Jones thing. That was, when yeah. I was a kid, that was the idea of heroism, was bam, ba dum bam. That was it. Merwin, do you have a favorite piece? It's maybe a somewhat different vein. <laughs> um, I, I think to the Shostakovich first violin concerto. Um, and he was feeling this, the incredible repression of the government and then writing this piece that just tears at the heart. And to me, that's incredibly heroic. And that that's probably um, playing that Passacaglia is just defiant and bold and powerful. Clem, you want to chime in? I'm kind no, of putting you on the spot, but... Mine is probably the most obvious. It would be Strauss, Heldenleben. Oh, yeah. yeah. A hero's life. Or Thank you. A hero's journey. Like I said, but, obvious. But, but the uh, the hero in this case is Strauss himself. Strauss himself, yeah. yes. <laughs> well, uh, I have a supercut of uh, different pieces of hero music. And as we know, heroes come in all different flavors, all shapes, all sizes. So this little uh, musical conglomeration uh, illustrates that to a certain extent. We'll leave the microphones open while we play the uh, recording so we can comment as we go along. So if you think that you know something, you can you can say it if you want, and, and I'll tell you if it's a, a yes or a no. So let's uh, let's hear it now. You may have played some of this from time to time. That was quite a transition. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I expect to see this on the uh, Toledo Symphony program soon. In this order? Yeah. Yeah. This is a lesser-known excerpt from a really well-known piece. I'm stumped. I am, too. That's one from the Opera House, by the way. 
This is not from the <laughs> Opera House. <laughs> Are those even real strings? Yeah. Maybe this one you can just get the composer. <laughs> like, hey, it's, it's kind of an obtuse reference. I think we went from Handel to something. Yeah. What did we go this to? Was a, this was about a, a real person. <laughs> Very smooth transition. Yeah. I quite liked it. Yeah. <laughs> you can see where well, you they're basically the same piece. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> I quite seriously jumped. <laughs> Here's a clue. It's, it's music that sounds quite happy, right? You might even say it sounds merry. <laughs> our last uh, last example I'm stumped this actually is from the opera house too sometimes written in the late 1600s mm-hmm. beautifully played I managed to cut out all the singing Oh. <laughs> <laughs> particular piece. So some of you were, you know, kind of scribbling stuff down as we went along. Um, do you want to go work backwards? Do you want to go back to the beginning? How shall we uh, attack this here? The piece that we just heard, did anybody get that? Not at That no, was no uh, Fairest Isle from King Arthur of Henry Purcell. Henry Purcell. Right. And uh, before that? Well, you g- you gave me a cheat code, so yeah. um, that's probably a one of Korngold's pirate scores? Yeah. Uh, mm. The Adventures Mer- of Robin Hood. Oh, okay. okay. March okay. of the Merry Men. Okay. And then we heard like a little mashup there between John Williams and, and, and Strauss. Richard yeah. Strauss, yeah. right? We had yeah. that love theme from mm-hmm. Superman, which bears a striking resemblance uh, to death and transfiguration. transfiguration yeah. Right. What does that say next. about love? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it does or say about- that we're really bad at reading Brad's mind. <laughs> Maybe. I, I, I can't read his mind at all. <laughs> Uh, we also heard a little Philip Glass. Is that Einstein on the beach? Einstein on the beach. Yeah. So the, Albert the Einstein. The number song. <laughs> the hero there. Now, d- did anybody get what we had before that? It was Handel. 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 Yeah. 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 The march from Hercules, or Toyo Hercules. And then we had two cuts, one from the Opera House, a well-known uh, excerpt, The Dance of the Blessed Luke, Spirits, yeah. mm-hmm. from uh, Orpheus and Yoridice. And after that... 
uh, we melded nicely into the theme from another superhero. You know what it was? I'm lost. The Incredible Hulk. Oh, really? Yeah. But the TV series, it's called The Lonely Man Theme. And then we had um, our third one was, uh, I said it was an excerpt, a lesser known excerpt from a a really well-known work. Mm -hmm. And the well-known work are the uh, legends from the Kalevala. Of Jean Sibelius. Wow. We heard uh, Lemminkainen's Return, which is the fourth movement from that. Mm-hmm. And we began – does anybody know what we began with? Yeah, Lincoln. Copeland. Lincoln Portrait. Lincoln Portrait, Abraham Lincoln. And then after that, uh, we had music of Bernard Herrmann, The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. <laughs> Sinbad the Sailor. Kind of a hero. I guess yeah. he falls into that category. <laughs> so there's our supercut. We managed to waste a good six or seven minutes with that. <laughs> <laughs> So that's okay. Um, you know, and as you heard, lots of differences in uh, mood there between superheroes and lots of different kinds of uh, heroes, as it were, and expressed differently. So now we're going to turn to this subject of uh, Beethoven's Eroica Symphony or the Hero Symphony itself. And um, we're going to talk with uh, Maestro uh, Giordano Bellincampi momentarily about that. But I thought it would be fun to sort of set the stage first by telling the story behind it. There's a famous story that uh, Beethoven uh, dedicated it to Napoleon, and then Napoleon became uh, emperor, and Beethoven scratched his name out on the manuscript. In fact, you can still see it if you go to Google and and look for it. You can see the image of it, which exists, I believe, in Vienna somewhere. Uh, And we are fortunate in the fact that we actually have uh, Napoleon and Beethoven both here in the studio with us and are going to act out the uh, (laughs) – they're going to reenact the scene that took place all those many years ago. Bonjour. I am Napoleon. And from now on, I shall be your kind and generous leader. Together, we shall establish a grand république. We shall rival the wonders of the ancient Rome. Liberté, égalité, fraternité, forever. Yay! Guten Tag, Herr Bonaparte. I am Beethoven. I admire your democratic values. In fact, I shall dedicate my third symphony in your honor and even write your name on the front page. B-U-O-N-A-P-A-R-T-E. Bonaparte. Napoleon here. You know what? I changed my mind. I am no longer first consul. I am now first emperor of France. Yay. in Himmel, he is just like all the others. Well, forget it. I shall banish his name from the score forever. Okay, well, that was fun. <laughs> you know, million dollars we spent on that alone. We completely blew the budget on our on our uh, on our and, and the Napoleon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. all of one of them. <laughs> well, we, we did. A, we you know, we did get a great trumpet player in. Yeah, that's true. That that's most of the money usually goes on trumpet players, as we know. Not so much on the cellists. Well, sometimes so the cellists. But uh, thanks to uh, Bob Clemens, Clem from the TSO for. Uh, serving as our thespian for today. I hope Thanks we can, for inviting me. We're going to have you come back and do all kinds of uh, different reenactments for us, just so you know. Looking forward to ahead it. Ahead of time. 
talking about the Beethoven Third Symphony, the Heroic Symphony, uh, you, you've mentioned, Bob, that this holds a special place in your heart. Um, it does indeed. Um, it was the very first piece I ever played with the Toledo Symphony Orchestra. Wow. And when was that? 1986, 1987, yeah. under Yuval Zalyuk. Wonderful. Okay, so we're going to bring in our special guest right now, who is the wonderful conductor Giordano Bellincampi, very familiar with Toledo audiences. And uh, you're on the phone. Maestro, are you there? Yes, good morning. Where are you uh, right now? Right now, I'm in uh, the southern part of Norway, Europe, in uh, the town of Kristiansand, where we have a beautiful orchestra and beautiful uh, new concert hall, and we are rehearsing and opening Verdi La Traviata tomorrow. Wow. How's the weather out there in Norway? Oh, well, actually today it's it's sunny and very nice, kind of little Indian summer, but mostly it has been quite cold and windy and rainy. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, we're glad that you could join us today. You're going to be here this weekend, September 29th and 30th at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Paris Style conducting Rossini, also the Prokofiev Piano Concerto Number no. 3, and the subject of our podcast today, the Symphony Number no. 3 of Beethoven, the Eroica, or the Heroic Symphony. And uh, a couple of moments ago, we had sort of a little uh, skit where we enacted the backstory behind that story between, you know, Beethoven and, and Napoleon, where he scratched out the dedication on the uh, manuscript. I wonder if uh, you have anything that you want to add to that. You want to talk about that uh, wonderful story? Well, it's it's always interesting with the with the anecdotes that are around music. They somehow put some perspective on uh, this uh, incredible art form. And of course, Beethoven had this uh, a particular uh, interest in the ideas of the freedom and and the. Uh, Kind of revolutionary feeling that was in, in in France at that period. We also know that from from his great uh, freedom opera uh, Fidelio. Uh, on the other hand, this is this is just part of the story. And actually, that the most important thing about this score is uh, is actually the music or the notes that are within, and they are in themselves very revolutionary. What sets this symphony apart from all the other stuff that was going on at the time? I mean, if we go, we set our way back machine back to the, you know, early 1800s. Um, what was going on in music then, and what makes this symphony so special? Well, first of all, the the, the, the medium of the symphony was, was very much uh, established by uh, Haydn, and the, the classical form, especially of the distribution between the movements and the structure of uh, the first movement with the with the very clear sonata form with the introduction and everything which uh, Beethoven also follows which we also know from for instance his first symphony which is completely uh, traditional but here in the third symphony there are so many new ideas and so many things that are revolutionary to to the conception of uh, of the symphony at that time for instance, the length itself, it is a, a very, very big score in every way. Uh, the orchestra size, he adds a, a third horn to the, to the wind section, which uh, is very, very audible. Uh, and then we have this opening of the first movement, where normally we have a slow introduction and then we establish the first theme. And 
major chords, and then this strange, wonderful theme starts off in the celli. And that is that is a true revolution. It must have been a shock for the audiences to hear that. Yeah, it's kind of hard to shock audiences these days. <laughs> I always yeah. think of this as if uh, Haydn had a surprise symphony, this would be Beethoven's surprise symphony. Yeah. Just at the yes. beginning. One, one can say that, yes. There are points along the way, though, where you kind of get lulled into this feeling of calm, uh, with the, especially some of the woodwind writing, and then mm-hmm. it gets very loud very fast. There are many points in the middle of the first movement where I feel like this happens. This sort of eerie... Um, stability emerges and then Beethoven catches us all off guard. Well, there's a lot of uh, stormy weather that goes on and a little bit of calm before and between the storm. I think it's interesting to note that, you know, this symphony came, now we know, came on the heels of the Heiligenstadt Testament where Beethoven was writing to his uh, to his brother. Oh yes, well, well yeah, he, he was he was he was writing to to his brother. I can't I can't remember exactly the the, the, the text of that, but, but but surely the 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 mood of of, of this is mm-hmm. is is really really strong and and and, and impressive. Yeah. Is, well, I didn't mean for you to <laughs> recite the text no, from no, memory, no. but uh, the, it would have been impressive. Yeah, I mean, he was obviously depressed because he was losing yes. his his hearing at that time. He was yeah. already struggling with that, and you know, some people read that they think of it as a suicide note. It was sort of like the lowest of the low for him, but yeah. he never sent it or had it shown to anybody. We found it after. Um, you know, in his papers after his death, but just seeing that he was at that such a low point. And then you look at the symphony number three, you might even think of it a little bit as like kind of his therapy, you know, to, to get him out of the the funk. Well, if you're looking yeah. at just the range of emotions between the very beginning of the fourth movement and then that pizzicato right after that, it's it's this incredibly stormy beginning. And then all of a sudden, it just, it's the most lighthearted theme that it, it always shocks me when I first hear it. Is that challenging for you as a conductor, maestro, to to make those mood shifts and and to keep everything together that way? Well, first of all, I would like to say once again, I think all the stories that we have around the music are really, really important. But the way that uh, the big composers, like, for instance, Beethoven, really communicate with us is strictly musical. So, for instance, the the way that he changes from the first symphony where we have this first theme, which is this major thing, boom, 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 very, very simple. And here he actually once again uses a major chord, but then goes to the seventh, which makes it so open. And also, of course, in the second, in the in in the second movement, and in the scherzo, and in the finale, so so, so strong ideas in each movement. That is that is actually what uh, the way I think that this uh, a composer like Beethoven communicates with us. The the pure energy of 
of the musical writing. And yes, the, the, the changes of atmosphere and the various movements, they are challenging. But on the other hand, it is such a natural form of writing that personally, as a conductor, I really try to do as little as possible because the music is actually so strong in itself. And if we are really focused on reading what is exactly in, in the parts, then things develop. Have you now? Have you conducted Beethoven before in Toledo, or will this be the first time? Oh, as far as I remember, it must be the first time. Mervyn yeah. can surely remember, <laughs> because I've, I've, I'm so pleased to have been back so many times, but I don't think we have done any Beethoven uh, together before. We did at one point over a, over a decade of different collaborations, traced the different composers that you had done and noticed that we needed to do a Beethoven symphony. Oh, that's uh, good. Thank yeah. you, Marvin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like, we need to do a Beethoven symphony together. Yeah. We've done yeah. Rouse, we've done Strauss, yeah. we've done Brahms, but not, yeah. not Beethoven. Yeah. You were saying? No, I was, I was just saying the, the, uh, the kind of natural writing that is, that is in, the, in the score, uh, for instance, of the Eroica, is uh, an inspiration every time. Um, you know, technically, it is, it is really challenging for the orchestra to play. Uh, the first movement is fast. But this last movement is really fast, so uh, so it is something that uh, that really every time gets every orchestra uh, uh, excited, uh, and still we have those beautiful moments. Uh, naturally, uh, the, the, the shift between the C minor and, and and the C major in, in the second movement, where we uh, somehow uh, feel this e e eternal. Uh, depth of of the music and yeah it is it is always a pleasure to to rehearse and even more pleasure to to play for the audiences so we are really looking forward to it great um i i'm not familiar with all these other pieces but i've read that the third symphony uh has a theme i guess in the fourth movement that beethoven kept using over and over again in, in other pieces yes. For instance, in Prometheus, we, he uses it in the in the ballet music for for Prometheus. Yes. Uh, was that common for Beethoven? Did he recycle stuff like that, or was it just? Uh, not much, but <laughs> you know, there, there are other examples where where he uses uh, themes more times. Uh, but it, it is a way of kind of feeling this this freedom. This is also what is what is the theme of the Prometheus myth. So we have this journey through the, this heroic and this very uh, deep sensation in the second movement and, and the scherzo with the, with the glorious horn theme going into this flying away at the, at the very end. So, uh, yes, it is, it is. It also, in this sense, it was revolutionary and new because he started off what is even more clear, the Fifth Symphony, where we have a recapitulation of the theme of the scherzo, and then, of course, in the Ninth Symphony, where we, in the last movement, kind of have a portfolio of all the main themes of what has been in, in the other movements. This is a completely new idea of having a, a symphony that kind of wraps up things in, in the finale. Yeah, it's, a, it's an exciting experience in the concert hall. Mm. I'd like to ask a question. Giordano, this is the 
the first of three or four performances, three on a classics, four overall for the season. So if you're starting here with Beethoven, Prokofiev, Rossini, you come back in January with Brahms and Beethoven. We have a concert at Rosary Cathedral in the spring, and then we finish with Mahler and Bernstein. Do you see an arc to this? Is there something that was important to you in, in bringing these pieces to our orchestra this year? Definitely. It is... Uh... I think it is always important for for an orchestra to play uh, at least one Beethoven and one Brahms symphony every season in, in the classic series, and I'm really really honored that I would be able to to perform this with with the Toledo Symphony this year. Of course, there is an anchor in every uh, symphony orchestra's repertoire, which is in the in the German repertoire, uh, where the the idea of the symphony orchestra somehow is uh, has its roots. So I'm really pleased that we can work on Beethoven and Brahms and Mahler together, but also uh, adding the colors of the Russian and American and, and Italian repertoire to it. So um, I'm really, really looking forward to um, to explore this goal with, with the Toledo Symphony. Uh, we, as, as, as Mervyn said before, we have been through a lot of repertoire together and uh, uh, this is such a, a, an important milestone in the, the symphonic repertoire uh, that I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to hear the musicians of, of the Toledo Symphony uh, perform this and give their uh, ideas to, to the score. And uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll have a great time and hopefully the audiences will enjoy it together with the rest of the program, which is also quite challenging and uh, exciting. So, yeah, I think it would be a, a, a great season opening. You want to say anything about the Prokofiev piece, just while we have you on the oh, phone? Oh, yes. <laughs> that is that is an incredible show-off for, for the soloist, and I'm so pleased to bring a, a, a good, very young friend from Italy, Leonardo Colafelice, who did so very well at the, the Cleveland Piano Competition recently. Uh, he uh, he's a fantastic musician, a fantastic pianist, and you know there, there are a lot of people out there that can play a lot of fast notes on an instrument, but uh, not so many that can actually really play great music. And we have performed, uh, yeah, we have actually performed Beethoven piano concertos together before, and uh, Rachmaninoff, and he is a great great pianist. So I'm looking forward to this piece. That even uh, already after the first movement, one thinks, oh, it cannot be any more virtuoso but it actually does it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's really it's really a, a show off for the pianist and, and nice and also uh, I think fits very well with the orchestra virtuosity in the Rossini overture in the Gazzaladra so yeah I think we'll, we'll have an exciting uh, exciting evening yeah it sounds like a wonderful program well that's happening uh, the 29th and 30th of September at the Paris style at 8 o'clock PM Maestro Giordano Belencampi with the Toledo Symphony, Musical Rossini, Prokofiev, and our subject today, the Eroica Symphony of Ludwig van Beethoven. Uh, Maestro, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. We'll see you Thank soon. You. We'll see you very soon. See you soon. Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Well, that just about does it for time. I uh, want to thank Zach and Merwin for joining me today, and uh, as well as uh, Bob Clemens, and also to Maestro Giordano Bellincampi. The concerts are this weekend, September 29th and 30th at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Peristyle, Beethoven's Eroica Symphony, alongside the uh, Piano Concerto Number no. 3 of Prokofiev, 
and the overture to La Gazzaradra, or the, the Thieving Magpie, an opera by Giochino Rossini. Toledo Symphony Lab is generously underwritten by a gift from the estate of Barbara Garwood and is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org. You can also go to the Toledo Symphony website, catch up there with everything that's going on. That's toledosymphony.com. They also have plenty of social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm Brad Cresswell. You've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab here on FM 91.